Hello everyone, I'm Rachel Barilleri and this is Soul Story 20, a place where we explore real life applications and benefits of the heart-brain connection. Through stories, I'm here to provide practical takeaways to help you bring more authenticity and well-being into your life, all within 20 minutes. Let the story begin. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another episode of Soul Story 20. I'm going to be real with you all. I am both excited and nervous, so nervous about today's episode because this is my first solo episode. And to be completely honest and open, I had to work through quite a bit of imposter syndrome to to get on here and talk just from me to you. And I want to share that because what's making my heart happy this week is doing this anyway, even though I was still am, (laughs) you might be able to hear it in my voice, nervous and anxious to do so. And the reason I want to share that is because so often I talk to young people and adults about really pursuing dreams that feel far off and impossible or really doing what they genuinely want to do in life and living authentically. And often when I have these conversations, the reason why why we don't do these things is, is because of fear, fear of the unknown. It's uncomfortable. It's uncertain. And what I always tell my best friend's little girl, who I consider a niece of my own, is, okay, brave girl, are you safe? Is this what you really want? okay, you can do it anyway, you know, despite that fear and stepping through that fear. So I just wanted to be real with you right now. That's exactly where I am. I also feel like I I am nervous because I'm about to share with all of you, you know, the real purpose of me starting my company, Soul Story, and my philosophy around education and where I believe education needs to go and what we need to see changed, and how that change is actually possible and actually practical. And I'm just so excited to share that with you all today. So let's get into it. Before we talk, let's just go ahead and take a deep breath. I invite you to take a deep breath in through your nose with me and out through your mouth. I'm going to do it with you. Here we go. Three, two, one. Okay. So in that one, just that one deep breath, you began to activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which tells your body it's you're safe and it's okay to relax. You also began to release a vitality hormone called DHEA into your body. You also began to turn off, lessen the release of cortisol which is the stress hormone. You also sent a message from your heart center, an area that I call the heart brain, up the vagus nerve to your amygdala in your brain, signaling again relaxation, and it's safe to turn on higher order thinking. It's safe to tap into creativity. And that is with one breath. In doing that alone, we release so much tension and our bodies are more ready 
to engage. And that means that our brain is more ready. And so this is the basis of my entire view on education. And that is that emotional intelligence and connecting with our hearts and bodies is just as important as academics and IQ. The old paradigm of education in the United States and what we're still seeing, I see a lot of white knuckling trying to hold on to it, is this push for academics at all costs, test scores at all costs, packed schedules at all costs, tutoring instead of running outside, right? Working lunches, working snacks, sitting in a desk still for most hours of the day, listening, 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 instead of engaging, experimenting, and experiencing. Do I believe that academics are extremely important and the development of cognitive skills, logic, and IQ is extremely important? 100%. I was a teacher for many years in Baltimore City public schools, and I loved seeing my students thrive academically. I loved, I taught English language arts, watching them move up to grade level, reading and writing levels, and just having those skills to take them to high school and many of them to college, many to trades, and many just to have those skills right for life. I believe that's important. However, we cannot actively prepare our children for the real world if we continue to bypass the reality that we are feeling creatures that think. We are not first thinking creatures. And if we are actually trying to prepare our children for the real world, do I think we need to change what we're teaching in schools and really look at the curriculum for what's applicable in real life? Yes, but that's a separate podcast. The first thing that we need to do is start treating our teachers and our students as full humans. I see a lot of rhetoric right now in schools about how we're teaching to the whole child. I push back on if that's a reality, because if we're teaching to the whole child, then we are attuning to their emotional bodies first, because we are quite literally first feeling creatures. We have gut reactions. We feel a slice of pain go through our chest. We feel these things. We feel euphoric joy rising, rising to our, well our eyes with tears when we're joyful. These are all emotions we feel before we think. That is how our bodies are programmed. Why do our schools strip that reality from the experience of teaching and learning? I question that every single day. So I've been quoting, we are feeling creatures that think. I've been quoting a woman named Jill Bolt Taylor. And she was a neuroscientist who was recovering from a stroke when she, when she made a lot of these important connections in the field. And I'm actually quoting this quote from Dr. Muriel Hardiman's The Brain-Targeted Teaching Model for 21st Century Schools. I highly recommend this book for all teachers, all educators, because it really takes a holistic picture of teaching and learning. In the book, Jill Bolt-Taylor is quoted, and the full quote is, although many of us think of ourselves as thinking creatures that feel, biologically, we are feeling creatures that think. This is proven 
by the study of brain structure. This is proven by the study of the neurites that are operating in the heart. This is proven by the study of the vagus nerve and the entire nervous system. We know that in the brain and in the heart, there is a very, as Dr. Hardiman uses, intricate interplay between cognition and emotion. It is impossible to separate these two. And in schools still and in the workplace, but today we're talking specifically about schools, there is still a bit of this separation. There is so much. And in fact, schools perpetuate stress, I feel, more often than alleviate it. Sit still for six hours a day. Here's all of this test prep, all of this test scores. Again, I don't want to sound like I don't care about academics. I 100% do, and I 100% care about intellect and helping our children grow in these areas. I am also arguing that if we want to actually help our children, that we need to attune to the emotional body, the emotional self first, as we are biologically wired to do as humans. And I guarantee that improvements and thriving and flourishing in all of these other areas will come as a result. It's not instead of. It's just a new way of looking at it in a new way of re-engineering our classrooms. That to me is whole child learning. When we are giving our children the tools to develop not only academically and intellectually and cognitively, but also emotionally. How incredible would it be if we were giving children the tools to go out into the world not only with hard skills like reading, writing, and math, but also with the skills to regulate when their stress was activated, with the skills to notice, oh, wow, I'm extremely stressed. Here's how I can help myself so that I can continue with my day. Here's how I can have this really difficult conversation and move forward. Here's how I can advocate for myself. These skills are just as, if not more important. And if we are teaching to the whole child and we are setting up genuine lifelong learners, then we need to, we need to pay attention to this. All of this is especially true post the pandemic where teachers are more burned out than ever before doing so much to quote unquote catch students up and to fill these gaps and to hold these spaces and to do, 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 do. It, as a former public school teacher, the to-do list just never stops, right? And it's also paired with the fact that teachers have so much love, compassion, and care. This plus our young people are crying out for support with their mental and emotional health. It's everywhere. It's all over TikTok. It's all over Instagram. There's studies, data. A simple Google search will show this. Not to mention just speaking to a young person. How do schools need to change, right? How do the way we teach and learn need to change? And we need to pay attention to these things because our young people are suffering. The mental health crises in America has skyrocketed. Skyrocketed post the pandemic, during the pandemic. 
And it's interesting because as we come out of that time period, there is still this desire to go back to where things were. And that's just not possible. We need to embrace that we are entering a new paradigm and release the old way of thinking about many things. And in this case, how we do school. EQ, emotional intelligence, is, needs to be prioritized just as importantly as IQ right now. So many people at this point ask me, well, you know, that sounds great, but I don't have time in my busy day. A lot of teachers will tell me this. I don't have time. And I get that. Our days are jam-packed. When would I do this? Right? We have this big social and emotional learning curriculum, and I don't have time in my day to even really fully implement this. Right. Or, you know, school will book a half day PD, but it's not really making a difference, et cetera. These one off or still old paradigm way of fixing this problem are not working. And that's because this is a quote I use in almost every podcast episode lately, and it's because it matters right now. And it's an Einstein quote that says, essentially, we cannot solve a problem on the level it was created. We need to go to the next level to solve this problem. And I'm here to say that this, the starting point to this, does not have to be difficult. If we want to see change, it does not have to be this huge shift. I'm going to share with you the one thing I'm going to share with you one thing that we can do today to start making a difference that t- educators can do today, that parents can do today, that anyone listening to this or living in our world today can do in under one minute just to start raising global consciousness and global coherence. Any change that we want to see in the world that we want to make, it has to start with ourselves. Our world is a mirror of our internal experiences as within, as without, as above, so below. Like attracts like. If we want to see change in the world, we need to embody that change first. So if we want, if you are an educator who's really aligning with what I'm saying right now, and you work in a school that's under-resourced, underfunded, or even if it's not, you're just so stressed because there's so much on your plate already, I see you and I get that. And if you at the same time want to start bringing more emotional intelligence into your classroom and sharing it with students in a way that's organic and already fits in with everything you're already doing, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to start working on our own heart-brain coherence. It can take under a minute. And it's going to change your emotional state. It's going to change the field of energy that you're radiating around you from the energy center of your heart. And that is the way that you carry yourself, the tone, the vibe that you set is already, if you practice this technique, is already going to bring so much of a different literally vibe and shift into your classrooms that's going to start to lower the stress levels. There are so many studies about how the cortisol level, the stress hormone release level of teachers, how it correlates to their students. So by already just attuning to yourself, you're going to be resetting much of the emotional climate in your classroom. And the reason why this is effective is the more you practice it, the more it will become your baseline. A lot of these one-off PDs and different experiences, they are not long-term effective because you're not actually rewiring your, your experience, your nervous system, right? The more we do something, the more it becomes a habit. And that's because of neuroplasticity. Say you have a field of grass 
the more you walk down one particular path again and again, that grass is going to become more and more trodden down and stay that way. You're going to create a pathway. The more you do something, the more it becomes a permanent pathway in your body and in your brain. So the more you practice this technique I'm about to share with you that can take under a minute, the more regulated your own baseline will be, the more often you'll be able to engage with creativity, compassion, with love, with self-compassion, and this will trickle down to your students. So we're going to start here today, and I'll be sharing many more techniques in the future. Now, this is a technique developed by HeartMath which is an incredible organization. There's also an institute that does pioneering research about heart intelligence and how the heart connects to the brain and how when we connect with our hearts, we can create what's called coherence in our bodies, in our minds, and we can shift how we move about the world and how we engage with the world. This technique is called the quick coherence technique. One of the many things I love about HeartMath is that they have a resource library. All of the research that has gone into each of these techniques, there are over 300 peer-reviewed or independent studies utilizing HeartMath's techniques or technologies to achieve these beneficial outcomes. I recently became a HeartMath certified trainer for their Coherence Advantage program, and I did this because... As I've been exploring how to bring practical emotional intelligence work to the forefront of our classrooms, I discovered heart math and was taken aback by their systems. And that's because these techniques work. They have changed my life. I will never forget how when I was still in the classroom, if I noticed myself getting extremely activated and stressed, say, Goodness, I had a new meeting added to my schedule. I had to prepare a group of my students for a big test that day. I had a student who was dealing with their own emotional needs that I needed to attune to. We were behind on a lesson. You know, all the things that can happen in a school day. And my teacher is listening. I know you know. And I was like, I want to put emotional intelligence first with myself and share with my students how to do that. I need something that's effective and in the moment. And through that exploration, that's where I found these heart math techniques. So I'm going to share this quick coherence technique. I'm going to explain the steps and you are more than welcome to follow along with me. So the first step is heart-focused breathing. Step one, focus your attention in the area of the heart. Imagine your breath is flowing in and out of your heart or chest area, breathing a little slower and deeper than usual. Find an easy rhythm that's comfortable. Step two, as you continue heart-focused breathing, make a sincere attempt to experience a regenerative feeling such as appreciation or care for someone or something in your life. And that's it. It takes less than a minute to start building coherence or flow, connection, to start radiating this sense of calm that people can pick up on. 
scientifically proven that we can pick up on each other's energy in this way. I will link in the show notes if you would like to see the written out version of the Quick Coherence Technique on HeartMath's website. And there's also Quick Coherence for Kids written out on the website too. And I will also add that to the show notes. My point with this message today is that if we begin to make a decision to put emotional intelligence at the forefront of our educational experiences, there is so much power in that. And if we begin to genuinely attune to our whole selves, put our oxygen mask on first, as the saying goes, we can begin to create more coherent classrooms from this space of getting more clear ourselves, we're connected with our emotional bodies ourselves, we as leaders in schools can start to make different choices. We can start to have different conversations. This might be triggering to some people and that's okay, but it's meant to start a conversation and it's a conversation that I really want to be having in a big way. Thank you all so much for listening. Woo! Made it through my first solo episode and thank you for listening to the end. I am insanely grateful just to be able to do this, please head over to www.soulstory.com for more information. Sending so much love to all of you and I'll talk to you next week. Mm-hmm.